Welcome to Hearts and Minds. This is Maura Cassidy. Today I'm joined by Catherine McMahon, no less, and we're going to talk about a very topical topic, which I'm not going to tell you until I've done the intro, because we have two weeks till Christmas to go, and there is a lot to do. And maybe each of you out there has a little feeling of feeling under pressure and lacking peace. Well, our topic today is on precisely the topic of peace. How can we find peace in this ever peaceful season when all around us is not very peaceful? And maybe we're looking to spend that, you might say, very intense family time with family, friends and relatives. And we are wondering about fraying at the edges. So thank you, Catherine, for joining us. So, um, so tell us, what is peace? Okay, um, in a synopsis, basically, I this is actually um, some of the ideas that come out on this podcast is actually from a talk that I had to give um, for, I had to give, I was invited to give on the St. Josemarie Institute platform. So it was a very good experience, actually, to actually drill down on this topic, because I think in a sense, you kind of think about peace and serenity and it becomes almost um, a quick fix of trying to recover peace, but you don't actually really truly understand it. So in preparing the talk, it actually helped me to drill it down. So in a sense, when you look at peace, um, you see that kind of it helps to say, okay, where does it come from? The Greek word, you know, to join or tie together. And then Latin means unity, order and harmony. And I think when you kind of think about those words, it actually helps to actually understand what peace is that it's all about tying together, it's all about unity, it's all about order and harmony. Um, and even that idea of where do I, what happens when I lack peace? Because I think what happens is, is that we have a vision of where we want to go in life. We have a kind of a roadmap, you could say, it's like a GPS. You kind of, you have your sense of, okay, I'm here and I want to get from A to B, even if you're thinking of like getting caught in traffic, you can lose your peace over that or even in relationships, etc. that you kind of, you start to lose your serenity over a situation in a relationship or at a workplace or now in this occasion, Christmas, where you're kind of going, this is not going to plan. The turkey is being burnt. The child's nappy is dirty, <laughs> whatever mm. it is that's mm. kind of going. So it's that idea of, you know, your vision of your life has been disrupted by some event. Mm -hmm. And that gives you that sense of um, lack of peace, of disjointedness, of kind of like, I can't believe this is this is happening. And there's an upset. It disrupts your vision. Would you say too that, um, so there's a lot of acceptance that needs to be sort of done to be yeah. able to step into space, maybe accepting the stuff that happens that you didn't expect or don't particularly like. Yeah, and I think there's that sense of sometimes I think the whole understanding of peace in our world, like how it's viewed and mm -hmm. how it's projected to us can be a little bit artificial. In what sense? Um, like you have that kind of Zen-like state, you know, that you, you should you you shouldn't be feeling upset or you shouldn't be or you should be able to control it. Like stoicism is very popular now. And it's that you know, that sense of being able to control, practicing self-control and overcoming adversity, you know. Um and there is a truth to it. Like it is helpful those practices sometimes, but it falls short with what's regard what the true understanding of peace with mm. Christ, you know? Okay. Um and where would Christianity have I think that different. Thing. Yeah, I think it's very helpful if 
if you just read the Gospels and really pray about it. Um, but in understanding that idea of Christ being perfect God and perfect man, you know, the sense of the unity between our emotions, our intellect and our will, and how in prayer we actually unite those things, we knit those together. You know, when you look at our Lord in the agony in the garden, which is kind of like the climax of, you know, that situation of, you know, wanting God's will, but at the same time, physically being being unable to accept it, you know, like, you know, sweating blood, the sense of just absolute adversity and absolute sense of fear, you know, and just that sense of our Lord being able to pray through it and being able to reach an understanding of God's will, but at the same time, accepting the emotion and the physical side of it. And I think it is helpful when we're thinking of maintaining peace and serenity. It doesn't necessarily mean that your emotions are going to be like, you know, a glass lake. Mm -hmm. What it means is that sense of identification with our Lord and and a a kind of an understanding, a self-awareness and a a self-knowledge of who you are and what makes you tick and what makes other people tick and working through that, working through the process. Like there's... um, there's this uh, book uh, from this guy, uh, Nguyen, I kind of quote him the odd time, but he had this uh, line which I found very, very helpful with regards to understanding peace. And he said, you know, within that trial or difficulty um, you face that robs of your peace, try to discern that call being made to you by God, the conversion that is being suggested to you, and you will find the grace to live through it. And I think that's very helpful when Mm. we're kind of thinking of, when we're in that trial or difficulty, try to discern the call being made to you by God in that mm. moment, rather than thinking this sh- it shouldn't be like this. I, I should be over this. I should, mm. you know, I-, I want to get back to normality again. But instead, search through that and look mm. through that, you know. Would you say then that those moments of lack of peace are moments potentially of great growth? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Okay. Yeah, and I think so. I think there's, w- w- with the thing of society telling you, you know, we, we should be calm, you know, light the candles and, mm. you know, go to rituals and buy yourself a bath, bubble, whatever, mm-hmm. liquid thing. And, you know, and be relaxed. Don't let anything perturb you. But in reality, life life has its ups and downs. And if if you're trying to protect yourself from those things that rattle you, you actually become more and more fragile mm. in a sense. So it's helpful to kind of step into those spaces of fear in inverted commas, but knowing that you're with God and in those moments, you're actually growing through those things. So rather than rejecting them and saying, mm. no, I don't want this, you mm. know, um, yeah. So one of the things in, in thinking about this and kind of like the tips, the tips that can help, I think, when you're trying to regain your peace. The first thing I was thinking of was kind of knowing how to anchor, anchor yourself in reality. And what do I mean by that is, I suppose there is, we have such a superabundance of information and whether it's the online, you know, you have, you know, you could be kind of, you know, this sense of FOMO, like the fear mm. of missing out. Um. And that can happen in your own interior life. Mm. That sense of, you know, I should, I, I, I should be on top of everything, whether it's work or family. I, I should be the best mom or the best wife or the best. Not that we kind of vocalize it like that, but I have to say, I suppose, with regards to just how things are projected to us by the media or by particularly social media with it regards our peers or not even our peers, but some people that project this world that's like, you know, utopia, which is, 
you know, it's it's not real. So to pare down on that a little bit and kind of say, no, that's a world that's not mine. And I need to anchor myself in reality. Who have I got in front of me? Who is Who are the people I have in front of me? My family, my friends, my community. And really work at finding peace through that as opposed mm. to looking to other things to kind of compensate or, you know, get mm. get overwhelmed with so much information or so much mm. input that sometimes really doesn't favor a certain sense of peace and serenity in us, mm. if that makes sense. I suppose even just that thing of, say, somebody said to me not so long ago that sometimes somebody put up a picture of herself and her little baby and said, here I am, it's amazing. But she knows this person personally and she just made the comment gee, I know she's not managing so well and yet she's put up a false image. And she said only that she knew that herself. She said, I could put that in context. Anybody else looking on would think, oh my God, there she is looking amazing with the newborn and she's on top of it all. Mm. So I think it's, as you say, it's 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 that sense of just someone's blocking out those fake sense, fake images of peace which aren't really real. Yeah, and, and not demanding that of, our, of ourselves mm. really. You know, I think um, it's just helpful. There's a... I remember watching this video from this guy who was talking about, you know, how to get motivated when you're not motivated, mm. you know, and he was saying this idea of, you know, it's, it's, it, there's no use in trying to th- kind of think, oh, I'm going to get motivated, you know, I'm going to emotionally push myself forward on this, but rather to act out, to do one step, one thing at a time, like tiny little things at a time. And it may seem, you know, a little bit reductionist with regards our life, but that's where the rubber hits the road, really, with regards living out virtue. So, um, so yeah. The second thing I think um, which is helpful is order. Um, naturally, I mean, order in our space is helpful. You know what I mean? In our house or whatever. But Having if we're, things in their place and stuff like that. Yeah, so because so if we start losing things or whatever like that, we're losing the car keys or we're losing, you know, whatever. Um, that can also, you know, make us lose our peace. But it, neither do we want to be, I, I think the idea of, understanding what virtue is, which isn't kind of, it's not, it's a bit like the Goldilocks effect, you know, Mm. not too little, not too much, just right. Like being not too stringent, not too loose, just right. So neither do you want to be like super orderly that you wreck everybody's head around you because everything has to be perfect. But at the same time, creating that sense of order, but more the idea of order in your thoughts or order in in your priorities. And I have to say, the whole idea of just giving yourself 10 to 15 minutes in the morning to kind of set your day in place is hugely helpful, you know, rather than kind of jumping into your day and letting your day uh, happen to you. You make your day happen. You're the one who's in the driver's seat. So to, to place, kind of look at your day and kind of go, okay, what do I have to do today? And place the things that are important to you you know, God first, other people second and yourself or whatever, you know what I mean? To kind of give that sense of priority so that many times we lack peace when that is the kind of like the the flipping of the pancake. It kind of gets very upheavaled because everything gets disorderly. Now, granted, there are things that you can't, you know what I mean? If your child, you know, runs through the sliding door, you know, Mm, by accident or whatever, you can't foresee these things, you know. But at the same time, it does help to kind of set yourself kind of a order and kind of priority list. There's also a thing that I find very helpful and has given me a lot of peace anyway, I don't know, is the idea of a highlight task. And what mm. I mean by that is, you know, the idea is what is the one thing I should do today that I, if I've done it, my day has gone well. 
you know, because sometimes we can be really ambitious. We can like write down loads of tasks and kind of have to do this, have to do that, whatever. But to kind of say, okay, among all that stuff that I have to do, what is the thing that is kind of a priority that if I go to bed tonight and I've done it, I can congratulate congratulate myself and tap myself on the back, you know. And that helps, I think, mm. to kind of be realistic and not be too overly ambitious. Um, mm. And at the same time, it, that that sense of um, not to be too overly ambitious, but not to undermine your ability to actually do things for others and do it well, you know, mm. because I, I think sometimes we do we do lose our peace when everything starts snowballing. You know, we, we haven't done anything for a week and or that thing, you know, that we have to do and we're leaving it till the end. And it's just, you know, you're watching TV at night and all you can think about is that thing that you mm. have to do. And those Hang kind on. of things unsettled you, you know, so mm. to, to kind of grab the bull by the horns and kind of go for it, you mm. know. And then basically, I mean, one of the, it's funny actually in, in preparing this session with St. Rosemary Institute, um, I have to say there was, uh, when I was reading up on it and all about peace and serenity, et cetera, et cetera, and you start to kind of kind of feel like you're doing a PhD on it. But anyway, um, the thing of complaining, which is mm. really interesting, you know, I have to say, you know, sometimes we can complain in a way of trying to be um, socially connected you know, without even realizing it. But we kind of do this thing of kind of, you know, it alleviates the pain in the short term. So we kind of complain and we kind of connect with other people, like the typical thing, you know what I mean? You're at the supermarket and you're in the queue and you're going, God, it's, you know, it's a really long queue and it's desperate weather out there. You know what I mean? Mm. And you end up kind of complaining about everything and anything. Um, naturally, we can't be like, you know, living in Disneyland and thinking that everything is fantastic. That's a, that's kind of annoying too when you have somebody like that, you know. But at the same time, I think what's helpful is to know that complaining is actually denying yourself of the present moment. And I think that's helpful when we're thinking of complaining. Mm. Like when I complain, I'm not actually connected to what's actually happening. I'm denying what's actually in front of me. And going back to that idea of our Lord and the agony in the garden is that sense of, you know, what can I do? What is our Lord asking of me in this? Mm. But in complaining, I'm denying that offering from our mm. Lord and kind of saying, no, I don't want it. Mm. Um, so, yeah, there's a there's a, a web page out there called the 30 Day Challenge, Non-Complaining mm. Challenge, which, mm. which is very interesting um, because habits take an age and a day. No, apparently they take 30 days, mm. so... You know, also say as well, when you complain, it's like you create these little pigeonholes in your brain. So afraid to use your example, if you're in a queue yeah. and you're giving out, you know, about the queue, whether interiorly or to somebody beside you, the next time you're in your queue, you immediately the pigeonhole is, oh, I'm in a queue. This is bad. Yeah. Negative. So it's just like creating all this negativity in your head hmm. and around you, which of course nobody likes to be around. We don't even like it ourselves. Yeah. And sometimes we make things to be much bigger than they are. And hmm. I think that sense of understanding reality and quantifying it for what it is. Like, I, I have to say, I don't know if I said this before in, in another podcast or whatever, but I hate maths, okay? And I hate mm. accounts. I hate anything to do with numbers, basically. And sometimes I have to do accounts with regards mm. just, you know, things to do with my work and stuff like that. And I decided to kind of 
quantify how, how long am I doing accounts per month? And basically I was only doing two hours, but in my head, it was like as if I was an accountant. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, so I think sometimes we kind of blow things out of proportion. Mm. We kind of say, mm. you know, I'm all, and it, it happens, I think when we're venting, you know, I'm always doing this. Mm. I'm all, I always have to do this. And in reality, you, you find out, oh, you, you only have to do it like 10 minutes every mm. day. Like it's not that bad, you know? Mm. Um, so yeah, that's, that sense of, uh, accepting th- those realities and just seeing them. And also, I have to say, at one stage when I was talking to a friend of mine, I think I mentioned this already, but I, I just found it very helpful. Of She was saying to me, you know, Catherine, we, we really have to be bearers of hope for other people. Mm. And I think sometimes we can think, oh, well, it's easy just to complain because it's kind of we're connecting with another person. I don't think we think that intentionally, but... Um, we really have to bring hope to people, mm. you know, g- give that kind of sense because people really, really need it. Mm. And especially during Christmas, I think it is helpful to just have that sense of, I have to be the bearer of hope here mm. and bring hope to people, mm. you know. Also, maybe it's, in, uh, would you agree, it's um, it's also that sense of being more positive about ourselves because sometimes we get negative when we just think, and yet again, we have this little narrative going mm. on, I've lost the keys, the kids forgot that other thing and I still haven't managed to do this, this and this. Mm. And it's always, we always seem to be chasing our tail and we're sort of, you know, hitting ourselves at the back at the same time. So I think sometimes it's a case of you're doing okay. Yeah, you're doing Nobody's okay. died. Mm. You're a beloved child of God. In fact, I heard somebody say the other day, Jesus loves me. That's all that actually matters. And even to say that in your own head mm. is actually going, you know what? I'm okay. Yeah, yeah. And I, I have to say that's a sense of, there is that kind of, you know, tendency of kind of, you know, productivity and human mm. development and having everything, you know, all your ducks lined up and everything. And okay, you have that intention of doing it, but also understanding that sense of realignment. You know, I, I always think of, you know, when you're realigning your computer, you know, the heads of your computer mm. that sometimes go off shot or whatever like that. And you press, I don't know, every printer is different. You press the double buttons and they align the printer, you know. Uh, and I think the same can be said of ourselves that sometimes during the day, it's helpful to just give yourself that five minutes to pull back and kind of say, okay, that didn't go well. It's all right. Just let's mm. let's begin again, you know. Or, you know, or let's do that one thing that might help improve the situation mm. as opposed to seeing it as a massive thing that, you know, is going to take an age and a day to actually improve. Mm. And also, you know, I suppose just ending with that idea of the sense of the sacraments, you know, um, mm. there's a reason why our Lord gave us the sacraments, you know, mm. Um and to say, OK, yeah, Christmas is a fantastic time to go to confession to be able to, you know, receive our Lord in the in the Eucharist at Mass in a very special way because Christmas is very special. Mm. And to really count on that, you know, rather than, I think, you know, it can happen at Christmas, you're in Christmas Eve Mass and your mind is racing with <laughs> 500 million things that you have to do once you leave the church, you know. Um, but rather to kind of like hold on to that and say, no, I'm going to live in the present moment here. I'm just going to give myself this 45 minutes or an hour to actually immerse myself in my relationship with God and use that, use that relationship that you have with God and that grace and bring it out to the world, mm-hmm. you know, bring it into your family, home, into your relationships with your in-laws or whatever, you know. Um 
And yeah, in Realize, it's all about that idea of just beginning and beginning again, of just that realignment of kind of going, okay, to step back and not to think, oh, it's all ruined now. Mm. You know, like the Christmas day is ruined because of X, (laughs) Y, and Z. And it becomes kind of like Christmas day, like Christmas season is much longer than Christmas Day. And I think in, in Ireland, it is kind of like, oh, well, that's Christmas Day now. We're, mm-hmm. we're all finished now. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it extends further beyond the day. And um, yeah, and to, to have that sense of the, the special season that it is, you know. Mm. And as you say, tap into those sources of great peace. Because mm. we, we need to tap up, top up, as it were. Yeah, and to give yourself that um, that opportunity to spend time, I mean, I, I know many of us think I can't I can't have that 15 minutes or 20 minutes. I don't have the time, you know, um, to pull away or whatever. But if we give ourselves that time of 10 or 15 minutes, it's amazing how other things start to multiply. Our time mm. starts to multiply because everything becomes meaningful mm. when we give our time to our Lord first. And would you agree it's also not, you find yourself not sweating the small stuff as much? Yeah. You know, you know guess what? The bread sauce has been burned the third time, but you know what? Do we really need bread sauce? Yeah. <laughs> you know. And sometimes when we when we lack that piece, then everything starts to unravel. And when mm. the bread sauce is not done, then we start to like have a hissy fit about the bread sauce that goes and then on Christmas for a half. Day is ruined. It goes on for a half an hour, and the bread sauce becomes much bigger mm. than, in, than in fact what it is. You know, so. Yeah, and and also to to have that sense of forgiveness for ourselves and forgiveness for mm. other people to let things pass. You know, mm. it doesn't matter. You know that your kid is going around in their pajamas twenty four seven. You know, what mm. I mean? it's not. You know, it's you know to pick our battles in yeah, a sense. I think that's really important. Um, and yeah. Super. Mm. Well, thank you very much, Catherine, for that. I think there's lots of food for thought. Mm. Um, um, And it's great to have it, that food for thought as we enter the new season. Um, And so thank you, our listeners, for listening in on us today and looking forward to being in touch with you again. Um, Please do keep your suggestions and comments coming in for topics and any other things you might like us to cover. 